Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Guess what, guys? We're not doctors. No, we are not. So if you're going to be making any major medical decisions, please consult your doctor. That includes diets, surgeries, and exercise. We love you guys. And we want you to continue to be in our OSLP family forever. So be careful and consult your doctor. Yeah. Yeah. We just got our blood work done. Yeah, we did. And our doctors asked us, what are we doing to have such great blood work? Yeah. And you know what we told them? ProCare! Oh, my goodness. Yeah, we told them, like, yeah, we take ProCare every day because they have a multivitamin that you can just take one a day. Yes, exactly. They have a capsule and a chewable form. And not only do they have vitamins, but they also have calcium, calcium chews. Oh, my God. They're so good. They're so delicious. It's like our own little sweet treat for the end of the night. It really is because they have the dark chocolate and they have the cinnamon roll. Yes. And I love the salted caramel and the dinner mint. All righty. We'll go to ProCareNow.com and use code OSLP at checkout to save some money. You guys ask us all the time, what is our favorite protein powder? Yeah, literally, we see this question Every day. And the answer is always devotion. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I even use it this morning to make my own sweet treat for nighttime because it's just a a brownie batter pudding. And you literally just use one scoop and then milk or water. And then I use it every morning in my profi. It's so delicious. Oh, my God. I want one right now thinking of it. Seriously, it's 20 grams of protein. So go get yours now at DevotionNutrition.com. And use code OSLP to save some money. Welcome Welcome back, OSLP family. Welcome, welcome. You are listening to our Sleep Life podcast. And this is Kelly. This is Mel. And we just have to remind you that right now, (laughs) nominations. Nominations. For the Just Be You Bariatric Award Show. They're live. They're open. They're open. That's what she said. <laughs> um, you can go to our website, <laughs> OurSleepLifePodcast.com, and click on the award show button. Yeah. Scroll down. It's right there. We also have the categories on our Instagram page. So you can go in. You can make notes on who you want to nominate for That's each right. category. It's in our little highlights. It is in our highlights. Mm-hmm. So um, you can go and do that. We want to nominate... Any person that has made a difference in your life, no matter how big or how small their platform is, we want them to be nominated. Yeah. I want your gut. I want to know what your gut says. So when you read that, what is the first person you think? Right. That's what I'm thinking. So go over there. Go nominate people. It's open till June 30th. June 30th. Plenty of time. And then tickets go on sale because, yes, this is an in-person award show. Yeah. You can come to Portland. Oregon, which is where we live, and you can come see us do a live show with giving all these awards out. We are going to have really cool presenters. Mm-hmm. Very cool presenters. I'm so <laughs> excited. Like, I just want to announce them all, but I can't. Um, and so you will want to get your ticket on June 1st when yes. they go live. Mm-hmm. It is going to be at the epic Aladdin Theater. Mm-hmm. 
Mel is so excited for this because she's gone to Aladdin several times. I have. That's where I've seen some comedy shows at. So it's so surreal that I get to be on stage where like these people that I really respect Mm -hmm. um, and look up to. Like now Mm -hmm. we get to do some stuff. And we get our name on the marquee. They have a marquee, an old school marquee. And it's going to say OSLP presents the Just Be You Bariatric Awards. And the fact that we finally get time to just celebrate the community. Like Mm -hmm. legit, like it is voted by the people for the people. It's a People's Choice Awards Mm -hmm. for the bariatric community. Yeah, you nominate, you vote, and Mm -hmm. ultimately you decide who wins. Yeah, these results are yours. Mm -hmm. So this is going to be so much fun. And you get to dress up. I mean, Mm -hmm. a lot of us haven't dressed up like in prom type dresses since prom i know and half of the time when you look back at that you're probably thinking i didn't get to wear what i wanted because it wasn't the size that i wanted to be exactly or you are now you get the chance yeah yeah if you want to wear freaking you know fishnets wear fishnets i don't care yeah wear what you wanted to want to wear like makes you feel comfortable and strut down the pink carpet because yes we wouldn't have just a red carpet no we're gonna have a pink carpet that's right and you get your picture taken and there's gonna be times to meet other bariatric it's just going to be an awesome event and yeah. i'm so excited for it so keep your eyes peeled if you have not signed up for the emails you need to go also below the nomination section there's a section to put your email in and then you will get first grab at all of those tickets yep so make sure that you are signed up for that and and basically because one of the presenters might be on right now we don't know <laughs> But if you know what I'm talking about, you have to go to YouTube to see what I'm talking about because yes. you you get to see her the whole time yes. while we're talking. And so go over to YouTube. It's on your freaking phone. Hit mm-hmm. the button. It's our Sleeve Life podcast. We're the only ones. Yep. So just click on it. Hit the subscribe button and the bell. And then you get notified every Tuesday for new um, videos that go out. Now, if you're a patron of ours, you get those 10 days early. Yes. So if you want to be a patron, where do they go, Cal? Patreon.com forward slash OSLP. And not only do you get early access to videos, episodes, bonus content from us, uh, you also get access if you are in the $7 higher tier to the world's best support group. We love our support group. We love our Benjis so freaking much. That's right. We are always watching them post about cool things that are happening and talking about their life, whether it be good or bad or they have random questions. Mm -hmm. I mean... Whatever they want to talk about. We share everything normally with them first. So like, yeah. So like when they do, they know about what's going on with us daily. <laughs> they, they really do. So go over there. If you are wanting to find a support group, um, it is on Facebook. And if you want a support group that you can just go in, be yourself and just meet a bunch of really awesome freaking people. Yeah. Go sign up on Patreon. We will message you with the link to join. Yep. It is awesome. It's awesome. It's awesome. Okay. All right. So let's get into who we have on with us today for another episode. We haven't recorded with her in a very, very long time. I so know. I'm so excited. So thanks for joining us, Michaela. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be here too. I know I was also, I feel like maybe we've done a live recently, but mm-hmm. like we haven't done like a podcast mm-hmm. in a long time. So mm-hmm. it's like, man, I, yeah, I, I was thinking about that. <laughs> but I have to tell you that live that we talked to you made such a difference in my brain. And that's why I'm so excited to record this episode because the moment that you said self-care is more than just getting facials and getting your toes done, think of it like putting the nutrients 
the nutrient foods in your body. Think about working out, going on, like getting your activity. And I was like, oh, duh, Kelly. Like, (laughs) that is self-care. And it made such a difference in my brain. So thank you so much because it was like, The next week I was signed up for the gym. I've gone pretty much regular other than being gone or sick, which, you know, happens a lot. But, yeah, it made a world of a difference in my brain. So, yay! I'm glad I'm proud of you. Thank you. Thank you. It was. And then I inspired Mel to go. You both did. That was kind of the deal was I took your um, tip of like just getting up a little bit earlier every day Mm -hmm. um, because Kelly's been wanting me to go with her. But I was like, I'm just trying to get up early. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to take what Michaela said to heart and we're just going to do 15 minutes until I can get up to 6 a.m. Once I got to 6, 6 a.m., I started going because I was like, I want to go. I'm seeing Kelly go. It looks like fun. I remember how (laughs) much fun I had. But I'm also in this like all or nothing situation. I didn't want to be in that situation anymore because of what you talked to us about. So um, thank you both. So really, like, guys, people inspire us all the time. Mm -hmm. So definitely like keep messaging us and keep hanging out with us because it's super helpful. It is. It it is. is. I mean, I've been at a funk for feels like forever. And it was just it, it was a needed change in my life. And it really like my mood went from like I could kill somebody at a moment's notice to like happy go lucky Kelly again. Yep. Like, yeah, I needed that, that endorphin rush. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that crazy what movement does? Like, yes. and that, like, that's what I just spoke at at the bariatric retreat, like movement for me. And I know that's not what we're going to talk about tonight, but I just want to reiterate, like, literally everything starts from movement with me. If I stop moving, the second I stop moving my body regularly is when everything else starts to fall apart because I don't have the energy for it anymore. My depression starts to get worse. My anxiety starts to get worse. My body starts to ache more. Like we have to, even if it's something as simple as a walk every day. And right now that's really what I've been doing more is just keeping up a daily walk. Um, I, like I have more energy to focus on nutrition. I yeah. have more energy. Like my mood is better. I'm more myself. I'm mm-hmm. more like happy, you know? And so it all starts with movement. You have to, if you are feeling stuck on your journey right now, and you're trying to think of like all these different things you need to do, just start with movement, literally just start there. And as simple as 15 minutes a day, yeah. start showing up for yourself, showing yourself that you can keep that little promise. Mm-hmm. And then you will start to uh, feel better and yes. move through that stuckness. Mm-hmm. That's stuckness. That's I like stuckness. that. Yeah. That's, that's what I felt before I went back. I was, stuckness. I felt stuckness and I was like, nope, this is not where my journey ends. I know it's not where my journey ends. So what do I need to do? And then I re- like, it just snapped into my head. I was like, what did Michaela say? Mm-hmm. Get up and get your ass to the gym. And I was actually <laughs> driving. Like, I was driving down our main road in, in my town. And I was like, I have 30 minutes until I have to be to Mel's house. I should go sign up for the gym right now. Yeah, it won't take long. Oh. And I just randomly pulled in. And I was like, what are, like, I was just looking at all the, you know, the levels or whatever and i was like eh, maybe i shouldn't right now and then i was like no like i'm already here like just <laughs> just sign up and so i signed up right away and the next day i was in the gym i was like nope nice. no more so well, yeah well and i feel like the stuckness i was stuckness in the excuses mm-hmm. i was just stuck in them 
and you helped yep. me get unstuck. Unstuck. So for people that don't know who you are, can you kind of explain like who won, who you are, how you are fit in this community and uh, what you do? Yeah. So my name is Michaela Miller, Instagram, losing to blooming. Um, I am, well, first and foremost, I'm six years post-op BSG. My six year anniversary is coming up May 23rd. Um, so I had BSG lost 150 pounds. I have now maintained that 150 pound loss over these six years. Um, obviously developed a love of fitness. Um, I've worked really hard on my mindset. I've worked really hard on my relationship with food, which we're going to talk about today. Mm-hmm. Yes, we are. Um, and now I coach. Now I am a coach and I work with women um, and I help them also get unstuck. I help them with their relationship with food. Um, and I'm kind of going to share some of that today as well. Like some of the tools that I use with my clients, um, when, you know, when we're working through like a mindset around food, healing our relationship with food, working through the disordered eating patterns. So Mm -hmm. that really is like my coaching. I'm a certified personal trainer. I'm a certified nutrition coach. I'm a behavior change specialist. Um, right now I'm working on a embodiment certification. So working more on like somatic healing modalities, um, and being more trauma aware. Um, and then I'm also a weight loss specialist. So, but I really focus more on like movements, very important, but the majority of what I work on with my clients is mindset, healing, self-soothing techniques and food. Like that is what, and like our our mindset around food, our mm-hmm. relationship with food, that has to be a focus on our journey to be successful. Yeah, 100%. Can you explain what disordered eating is or what it means to you? And then, because yeah. I don't think I have a clear view of what it is. No, and you can even go into detail how this even came about too. Mm-hmm. Okay. So disordered eating, and I will kind of speak just from my own experience, because Mm -hmm. keep in mind, like I'm not a registered dietitian. I'm not a licensed therapist, you know? So everything I share here tonight is all coming from my own journey of disordered eating in my past and healing my relationship with food, overcoming binge eating. Like I don't binge eat anymore. I trust myself around food completely. I no longer have food fears. Um, So what that has looked like for me, but then also, like I said, how I also use that to help my clients on their journey as well. So that's kind of the lens I'm coming from. A lot of my clients, they don't just work with me. They also work with a therapist that specializes in either like bariatrics, um, binge eating or something along those lines. Um, So to me, disordered eating is when we don't have a good relationship with food and it can come in, it can look like several different ways, right? So it might be that you are afraid to eat. Mm -hmm. Think of anorexic, bulimic, like Mm -hmm. you are. And that is a real fear in the bariatric community. I have worked with clients that are either on the verge or full-blown anorexic after bariatric surgery that I've had to uh, 
refer elsewhere because that's not, you know, I'm obviously not qualified to um, help with that level of disordered eating. Um, But, you know, it can, after our bariatric journey, especially with the myth of sleeve stretching and things like that, I mean, there is real fear out there of eating Mm -hmm. and actually like, and so it can become full-blown anorexia at that point. Um, but then also there's the other end of the spectrum, right? Where we are like binge eating, where we're struggling with food addiction, where we're using food to numb or soothe. We we're abusing food. We're mm-hmm. not just using food to eat and enjoy it and live our life and feel our bodies. We're abusing it in a way to numb out our feelings or to hurt ourselves. Sometimes we do it in a way to intentionally hurt ourselves. So that's kind of what, uh, how I view disordered eating is when we are using food or eating in a way that is harming to ourselves in some capacity. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. And then we discussed this topic because of a story that you had posted on Instagram. Yes. Yeah, it really yes. resonated with us. It, it really resonated. And you had mentioned disordered eating. And I was like, wow, that's a topic that we really have it covered before. Yeah, we haven't really touched on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how did that story so, come about? And what what made you bring that into the light for the community? Yeah. Oh. Almost everyone in this community were here because we struggle with disorder mm-hmm. because in some way, some form, we have a terrible relationship with food. We, we have used food some way and we don't know how to eat properly. Really? Right. That's kind of what it comes down to be. And we don't know how to trust ourselves around food. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of this is perpetuated from diet culture. So a lot of our disordered eating, mm-hmm. we we weren't born. We didn't come into this world not knowing how to eat with messed up hunger and fullness cues. Like we, we didn't come into this world. So askew, you know, Mm -hmm. we, that was something that was taught to us. So, and most of us here were brought up through the eighties, the nineties, the early two thousands when diet culture was like, Happen, you yeah, know, that force. was like, mm-hmm. yeah, and full force, Jenny Craig, South Beach diet, mm-hmm. like slim fast, all the things. And so, you know, here we are now in our 30s, 40s, 50s, and all we know about nutrition is what we have learned from different diets. Yes. We don't actually have a clear concept of what nutrition actually it what proper nutrition is what balanced nutrition is Mm -hmm. and what's even worse is in the bariatric community i'm not saying all bariatric centers and i'm not saying all surgeons and all dietitians are like this i actually know there's a lot of really good dietitians on instagram Mm -hmm. that promote really good healthy balanced ideals around nutrition but you know i work with a lot of clients that come from clinics where diet culture is continuously perpetuated. It's, it's continuous. Like you can never eat carbs again, the rest of your life. You need to eat a thousand calories for the rest of your life. Um, if you're not as successful as they think you should be, well, maybe you should try this diet pill. Mm -hmm. Um, if, uh, 
and there's really no, there's so much, um, help and guidance up front for like those first few months, Mm -hmm. you know, a really structured diet of like Mm -hmm. what you should be eating for those first couple months. But then there's nothing after that. There's Mm -hmm. no guidance. There's no support. So what I find with a lot of my clients, a lot of people in the community is they're just kind of eating the same things that was in that pamphlet Mm -hmm. that they were you know, a lot of people are afraid to venture away from the protein shakes. They're afraid to venture away from like yogurt and cottage cheese. And then they're coming to me and they're like, but I'm hungry all the time. I'm grazing all the time. I'm binging. And it's Mm -hmm. like, well, it's because you're not eating. And it's because they're doing what they think they're supposed to do by listening and following these very rigid guidelines that were set up in the very beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, we have no concept of how to evolve that. We have no concept of, like I said, what real nutrition is supposed to look like, especially after bariatric surgery. Um, anyways, getting back to the point. No, you're <laughs> fine. Right. Um, so this came about, the reason I posted that story like a month ago is because, you know, we're coming up on summer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is when everyone is like, I got to get summer ready. Mm -hmm. And this is when diet society, diet culture gets really strong and they're pushing cleanses and they're pushing detox and they're pushing and diet after diet after diet. And all that is, is furthering our disordered eating patterns. Yes. A lot of these, like one of the cleanses that was being promoted in the community, um, from what I could see from it. You know, it was like you would drink a shake two two meals out of the day. So basically promoting kind of like a liquid diet, mm-hmm. which also kind of sounds like the liquid pouch reset that we all know we're supposed to stay away from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had qualms. I had qualms. There were major <laughs> qualms had. And I voiced those qualms because there are so many of us in this community that are trying to repair our relationship with food and are trying to overcome disordered eating patterns and learn a better way and get away from diet culture. Mm -hmm. But then when we have influencers in this space that are promoting something like this and they're promoting it as a lifestyle change, they're promoting Mm -hmm. it as health, as you know, like that's just, it's wrong because it's not, it's a diet. It's just another diet. That's all it is. And what you're, what's going to happen is you're going to go on that. You're going to heavily restrict yourself for mm-hmm. a month mm-hmm. and then you're going to come off of it and you're going to binge like crazy. That's that sounds like gonna... every diet I've ever been on. Yeah. 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 Cause like, you're not changing any of the, the behaviors, like none of that's yeah. changing. You're literally just like, like restricting, starving and causing your own insides and mentally like struggling. Mm-hmm. And then you're, yeah. you're then, then you're like, yeah, I get to go have all my food again. And then you do, and you binge really hard mm-hmm. and then wow. you are doing it every night for a while. And I remember yeah, just, talking ugh. to a girl in my hairdressers and she's doing the 75 hard. And oh, she, she she really she likes it because it puts her on a schedule and like she knows what she's supposed to do every single day i have something that i feel like i've said this to a few people and it like blew their minds maybe it'll blow your mind maybe it won't weight loss surgery isn't the easy way out (laughs) diets are the easy way out Mm -hmm. yeah yeah because diets 
the reason why we gravitate towards them and like 75 hard. Because they're easy. Is they're so rigid. They're rigid. They are so rigid. Mm-hmm. They tell you what to do, when to do it. They tell you exactly what you can eat, what you can't eat. They're, you don't have to think. You mm-hmm. don't have to. As long as you follow these rules, then you're you're doing great. You're, right. you're perfect. Mm-hmm. But the second you go off, you mm-hmm. failed. The second. So this is where we've gotten our all or nothing thinking from. Mm-hmm. This is where we've gotten our perfectionist mindset from. This is where we've gotten our horrible ideal diet culture has screwed up our hunger and fullness cues. Um, I mean, all of it, like the whole, oh, you're not hungry. You just need to drink water. What if you're actually hungry? Yeah. Mm. You eventually have to eat. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And so you keep doing that though. You keep thinking Mm -hmm. like, oh, well, I just need to drink more water. And then again, five days later, you're binging like crazy because you haven't been listening to your body. Your mm-hmm. body's been telling you, I need more food. You've been ignoring it. And now it's going to get the food. Yeah. It's getting the food it needs. I mean, so, how did you get cameras in my house and find out that's what I do? That's what I want to <laughs> know. <laughs> you're like, you just need water, Kelly. I mean, that's and legit what I do. Friday, like, like, I'll be like, I've oh, I'm hungry. The and then I'm like, no, just drink some water. So I drink some water. And then I, then before I know it, like today, I hadn't eaten anything all day. And so before I came, went and got Mel, I was shaky. So I ate food and then magically I feel better. Yeah. And it's not magically. Yeah. The food made you I feel know. better because it's, it's the nutrition like, in the food. Because that's the like deal. I want my brain to figure we it out. Also, need to like respect the food and like honor the food. Like it's mm-hmm. doing us like justice. Like yeah. for us to be able to walk around mm-hmm. and do the shit that we need to do to have our mind on. Like mm-hmm. we have to have the food, so we can't be yes. scared of the food. Yeah. So we have to be very mindful. Like food is our friend, not our enemy. <laughs> I know, and that's where it's hard. My brain mm-hmm. immediately goes that that food is the enemy. Right. That's yes. exactly where my brain goes. Mm-hmm. And and that's another, so by blaming food, like mm-hmm. you're just, that's what, that's what we do. We blame the food. Like mm-hmm. we deflecting. hear it all the time. Yeah, you're exactly. I can't have that food in my house. It's a trigger food. The food mm-hmm. isn't the problem. Right. Food is not the problem. And I'm willing to bet, even if you don't keep that food in the house, you're still binging on something else in the house. If you're mm-hmm. continuing to have that mindset that food triggers you in some way, mm-hmm. then it doesn't matter. Even if you don't have this trigger food in the house, it's just going to be replaced by another trigger food in the house. Like you will still allow other foods to cause you to binge or mm-hmm. whatever it is. So we have to fix the underlying reason, the underlying cause. And so that's, you know, that's kind of what we're here to talk about today. So like, Mm -hmm. I know for my own journey, like I just kind of wanted to walk you guys through like kind of my own healing journey with food. Um, So the way I grew up, I was shamed around food. Um, I was pushed diet after diet after diet from like second grade. So all I really knew my entire life 
was you're either on a diet and you're restricting some sort of food, some sort of way, Mm -hmm. or you're off the diet and you're binging because you just came off the diet or you're getting ready for the next diet. Mm -hmm. That's all I know is binge and restrict, binge and restrict. I never knew like balance and moderation. Mm -hmm. What is that? Eating, eating about like having food freedom. That just means I'm binging all the time, Mm -hmm. right? That's think about food freedom. They're Mm -hmm. like, I can't just eat whatever I want all the time or I'll be 300 pounds again. Mm -hmm. Right. Not what true food freedom actually is at all. Mm -hmm. The reason you think that way is because you're still stuck in binge and restrict mindset. Mm And it takes a long time and a lot of practice to get out of that. It's not something where you can just wake up tomorrow and be like, okay, I'm going to practice food freedom today. Yeah. You're just going to find yourself binging over and over and over again. Like, What does food freedom mean? I've never heard that term. Food freedom to me means basically how I live my life now. I am not triggered by any food. I eat what I want to eat when I want to eat it. I eat what I'm craving. I listen to my hunger cues. So if I feel hungry, I eat. I don't drink water. I don't chew gum. I eat if I feel hungry. I, if I am craving pizza, now I will say this with a caveat because, you know, I, it's not just as soon as we hit that craving that I'm like, okay, I'm going to go get pizza or whatever. Mm -hmm. I check in with it. Like, hmm, where does this craving come from? Like, why do I want this? Or, um, you know, again, same with like that hunger. If I'm feeling hungry, I do check in with it though. Like, am I really hungry? Mm-hmm. Am I, yeah, I am really hungry. Okay. I'm going to go eat something or maybe I'll go like make a little plate of something. And if I start eating it, I, I go slow and it's like, okay, I didn't need very much. Maybe I wasn't actually hungry. Like maybe I was just kind of bored, you know? Right. <laughs> process. This is a process we like, mm-hmm. we could probably make three or four podcasts on this, but, um, basically food freedom. That's what it is. Like, I don't track my food. I don't, I listen to my body. I have no guilt or shame around any foods that I eat. I ate cake yesterday as one of my treats that I had and it didn't trigger me. It didn't lead to a binge. I didn't go off the rails. I didn't feel guilt or shame around it. Um, that's food freedom. And I feel like if you go about this process the right way, if you use your bariatric tool the right way, Mm -hmm. this can be the answer to a curing your obesity, but also healing your relationship with food. And finally, for the first time in your life, learning what balance and moderation truly is. Yeah. So For me, it was when I decided to have bariatric surgery, again, I have come from diet after diet after diet. I'd even lost a significant amount of weight in my early 20s doing a very extreme diet and then gained it all back super plus more super fast because that was not realistic. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted all the food back again. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I also grew up like I was saying, with a lot of shame around food, like my, whenever I would go on a diet, 
And if I would try to eat something that maybe wasn't necessarily on the diet, my parents would say something. Usually my dad would say something. And the second he would say something, I would stop. I would quit the diet. I would rebel. Um, eating was a form of rebellion for me. And mm-hmm. I had to realize that. So mm-hmm. that's another whole aspect of mindset around food and disordered eating is you have to understand why you do the things that you do. Yeah. You mm-hmm. have to break down. Why am I using food? Like, why am I binging? What is going on here? So I had to start to realize like, okay, whenever my dad says something about what I eat, I go the other direction. I sabotage and I rebel and I just eat and eat and eat as much as I want. And I would also closet eat. That mm-hmm. was another one. Mm-hmm. I didn't want my dad to see the foods that I really wanted that I you know, would go get at the convenience store or whatever. So I would literally, when I say closet ate, you guys, I mean, I literally had a stash of food in my closet closet Mm. at home and would go into my closet and really quietly open the wrappers so that I could eat the foods that I wanted to eat. So when I decided to have bariatric surgery, I chose, first of all, I was done with diets completely. I was like, I can't do another diet. That's not the answer that has screwed me up more than anything else. Like I need a more permanent solution. I need a more long-term solution. I learned about bariatric surgery and I was like, this is the answer. Like, this is it. This is going to help me practice better moderation. And that way I can start working on what balance is actually supposed to be like what balance actually looks like and feels like. Mm. So I went into this and my own surgeon was telling me, you know, you don't need to eat any sweets ever again. Like sweets don't do anything for you. Stay away from the sweets. Um, no, you want to know why? Because every diet I've ever done that told me to stay away from sugar, stay away from chocolate. You can't eat any of that. That didn't work for me. Clearly that didn't work for me. Yeah. So literally from the moment I had bariatric, maybe not the, maybe not the first week. Okay. But like, yeah, I adopted this mindset of I'm going to work with my sweet tooth instead of against it. Like what would happen if I let myself have a treat every day to keep my sweet tooth at bay? Mm -hmm. Like what would happen if I work with it? Like it's my friend instead of continuously try to fight it and just end up binging and binging and binging over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. That's the mindset I went into on this journey. And I also had to heal a lot of that other BS that, because I also still lived with my parents at the time when I had bariatric surgery. Mm -hmm. So I also had to realize like, okay, when someone says something about what I'm eating, that's on them. That's not, I don't have to give those power, those words power Mm. by me sabotaging my efforts. I am giving them control over my journey, not the other way around. Cause that's what I thought was happening. I thought I was taking back control. I had to realize I was giving control away. And then I also had to work on the closet eating. There is no more closet eating. I will no longer have shame around certain foods that I'm going to allow into my diet in a thoughtful and purposeful and intentful way. Um, And so I started practicing 
eating those foods like in front of my family. And if they said something, I had to learn how to let that go, not let that affect me. So I say all that because a lot of that was contributed into my disordered eating patterns. A lot of that is partly why I had such a messed up relationship with food. And I had to work through all of that underlying stuff to start healing. Mm, that's so hard. There's so, so much good. there I want to unpack. <laughs> There's a lot here. There's I'm a like, lot here. Where do we start? I know. <laughs> because it sounds like looking back at it, it sounds like it's like so much work. Right. Yeah. This is why people tend to go towards diets because it sounds like it's a lot, a lot of work. And it's mental work, which is even harder. Yeah. But it's really not. It's just you have to switch your focus. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. you actually just have to start thinking about things. And there's nothing wrong with thinking about things. Yeah. Like a lot of us think, and I know I've been a culprit of it, of being like, I don't have time to do that. I don't have time to think about that. I just need to Mm -hmm. get this food and put it in my mouth and go Mm -hmm. and not think twice. And that's not how this should work. It's like, no, you do have the time. You really do. Like stop acting like you don't Mm -hmm. Um, like just go through your day, figure out like, what do you actually want to eat? Cause I learned that from you too. Like eat what you crave. Mm -hmm. Like it's do those things. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's the other kind of motto I've adopted throughout my journey is not, I don't just work with my sweet tooth instead of against it. I work with my cravings instead of against it. Like I, I now formulate my meal plans around what actually sounds good. Mm -hmm. I've worked on realizing we diet culture has also made it to where we feel guilty if we eat something we enjoy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If there is a food, even if it's something like a salad, if it's a salad that you're eating and you're like, oh my God, this is so good. Mm -hmm. This, oh, this must be bad for me. This has to be bad for me. There's no way I can be enjoying this salad so much. It has to be like something I shouldn't be eating. Mm -hmm. How fucked up is that? I'm sorry, but seriously, like diet culture has fucked us so hard Mm -hmm. and we've just taken it again like you said Mel because it's easy it Mm -hmm. is easy it's so much easier to just go to another diet instead of doing this hard work and the process that you have to go through so again and I've said this I I myself have worked with coaches I've worked with therapists like I've had a lot of help to help me unpack this and help me work through my relationship with food, my food fears, because we also have a lot of food fears mm-hmm. and it's taken a lot of practice over the years. So like for me, again, it was intentionally working in some of these foods that I felt growing up, like I was told were bad, but I also, so I also have a pretty good, even before I became a certified nutritionist, I, I have a pretty good idea of proper nutrition. Like I actually did. I had a really good idea of high protein foods. Like I had a pretty good idea of like, what are, um, you know, more complex high fiber carbs versus the simple carbs, you know, the things that you should be working on more. So I also had a lot of this kind of base knowledge to go off of as well when I was starting my journey. And I feel like that was also really helpful. Not a lot of people have that. Not a lot of people understand that, you know, 
So learning to read nutrition labels is huge on your journey through disordered eating recovery, um, on healing your relationship with food, because there's a lot of foods out there, like on my journey that I started to realize like, okay, why is this Noosa yogurt promoted as so healthy? Whereas the ice cream that I actually really want to have is deemed as this unhealthy item I shouldn't be eating. The Noosa yogurt has more sugar and more fat than the ice cream I want to have. Like, because it's yogurt. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. So it's classified as a health food. Mm -hmm. And so what happens, this is what happens. Okay. And tell me if this resonates with you, you're really craving something instead of eating what you're really craving. So we're going to use the ice cream and yogurt analogy here. Instead of eating the ice cream that you're really craving, you eat the yogurt. You didn't want the yogurt. Mm -mm. That didn't actually satisfy anything. So now you go back to the pantry. Okay. What else is there? Ah, okay. I'm going to eat some peanut butter pretzels. Okay. I'm going to have a few peanut butter pretzels. Mm, You go sit down for a little bit. Ah, That I still, that wasn't okay. Now I'm going to go, you know what? I'm trying to be healthy. I'm going to have an apple. Okay. I'm going to go have this apple. So now you eat the apple and it just keeps going. You mm. keep eating because you're searching for what is going to satisfy this craving. If you would have just had the ice cream, <laughs> let's say this, this serving of ice cream was 250 calories. Maybe it had, I don't know, 15 grams of sugar. Okay. Now you've probably had 800 calories mm. worth of stuff. Right. Who knows how much sugar, who knows how much fat, like, and you don't even realize to you, you're like, oh, but they were all like healthier options though. They were all like, you know, I, I, I only had a few of that and a few of that, like, but if you would have just had the ice cream you were craving, you would have satisfied that craving. You would have been done mm-hmm. and you would have only had the 250 calories. Yep. And so just a little analogy. Cause I feel like we all do that. We mm-hmm. don't, that's what happens when we don't honor our cravings, but we think that we're still being healthy. We're doing, we're like choosing these healthier options, but we actually just hurt ourselves more. And then we still want the ice cream. Yes. So now this is probably going to continue mm. the rest and, of the week. Yep. Until you get still, it. Yeah. Yes. Until you yeah, finally, finally just finally, do it. <laughs> Yeah. And then when you finally get the ice cream though, you're still looking at this. So then this is probably maybe what else happens. You finally get the ice cream, but you're still looking at this as something to be shameful for something to feel guilty for. So then you don't just eat the one serving you binge on the ice cream Mm -hmm. because you're looking at it as I shouldn't be eating this. What's wrong with me? Why wasn't I just satisfied with that apple yesterday? Like what, why am I failing this? I'll just eat all of this and then I'll get rid of the ice cream again. I'll never have the ice cream in the house again. And that's what happens. And that is like, yeah, Yeah. I was going to say that's disordered eating. And that is exactly how my mind works. Yes, it does. Because I don't, the funny thing is, is like, I don't have like cravings. It's not like I go and like say, I really want ice cream. It isn't until I see the ice cream mm-hmm. that I want mm-hmm. the ice cream. Right. So I will mm-hmm. literally open up the freezer and be like, oh, there's ice cream and shut it. 
and then I do the whole cycle. And it's just because I simply saw saw the ice cream, saw the cake, saw the cookie, whatever it is, that's what triggers it. And Uh it's really weird. But I do that entirely what you just said. Like, I shouldn't be having it. There's other options. Okay, I'm going to have some cheese. Okay, I'll have some nuts. Okay, I'm going to do this and this and this and this. And then when I finally break down, because it's when nobody's there. Right. That I break down. Mm, yeah. just do it then i go above and beyond and i eat it yeah. as quickly as possible to get rid of it mm-hmm. yeah and then i make myself sick and i'm not i'm not doing any justification to my craving of yeah. having the ice cream of just if i would have just simply said okay i'm gonna have a half a cup of ice cream mm-hmm. yeah. or even one scoop of ice cream like and do you even actually enjoy it when you're having it? Because no. you are in such a shame and guilt mindset around it. Yep. And you're eating it yep. so fast as no one sees it. Mm-hmm. You don't get to enjoy yep. it. Well, you don't get to. Yep. And then I'm like, I, sh- I shouldn't even want this. Why do I want this right now? I don't understand. Why can't why can't I be like those people that don't have sugar cravings? Like that's been my whole mindset mm. since I started to regain. Yeah. That has been identically what happens. So part of it with that is you're probably blaming part of your regain on food Mm -hmm. and it's not the food's fault. Mm -hmm. So you're looking at food as the bad guy, which is perpetuating your food fears even more, Mm -hmm. making you even more fearful around these food items Mm -hmm. so that when you are around them, you can't control yourself because you feel like you don't get to have this again. Right. This is allowed. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah square hit, square hit. Because <laughs> you have FOMO with food. I do have FOMO. Yeah, with yeah. food. Because like that, I would yeah. say that that's the one thing I've noticed because like I've tried to like relate with it, but it, it just, I can't because I'm just like, it doesn't make sense to me because I've, because me and you have been out for, my mind seven year mark is at the end of this week, actually. Mm-hmm. Oh my and, God. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? I just realized it as I was saying, yeah. I'm like, oh shit, it's the end of this week. Mm-hmm. And that was been the biggest thing is like, I've never told myself I can't ever have it again. Mm-hmm. I just yeah. said like, it's a see you later. Like that yeah. first year was all about just, I'll see you later. Mm-hmm. We're just going to focus on getting healthy because that's why I did the surgery. So mm-hmm. like, um, I noticed it's FOMO for you for the eating. It's- well, and I think it's also, it's hard to describe the, cause it was never like, I, I always said like, okay, there are certain foods that I'm never going to have again. And I was okay with that. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, it's okay. Like, as we started the podcast and we started to talk to more people, it was like, no, it's okay to have these foods every once in a while. It's just not every day. Right. And then it's just like presently there every day. Mm -hmm. Like I'm eating more and I'm hating it even more. Even that right there, even that right there. No, it is okay to have this just not every day. Mm -hmm. That is still feeding into that restrictive mindset. Mm. What is wrong with having ice cream every day? It'll make me fat. But mm. it won't. Will it? Will it? Is that yeah. what makes you fat? Ice cream is what makes you fat? Oh. Right? Oh. It's not the it's not the food. <laughs> it's not the food. It's not the food. So one of the one of the ways that I've broken my own food fears, and this is what I work with a lot of clients on, is Using meal planning, meal planning is a really great tool on working on this actually, because 
you start practicing. Like you're not, like I said earlier, okay, you're not going to be able to go from where we are, where like you are right now, Kelly, you're not going to be able to go from there to food freedom tomorrow. Okay. Mm -hmm. We have baby step you there. And we do that. One of the tools we use is planning. So intentionally planning ice cream in for you every day. Mm-hmm. That's your treat is ice cream every day. And we show you and your subconscious mind, but your subconscious mind is part of what is ruling that like food fear and this mistrust around, because this is all it's ever known your whole life. Mm-hmm. That's a program running is like, we, you can't have ice cream on a Tuesday. Ice cream is a treat or a cheat meal item only. And you can't have that all the time. And if you do try to have that around, you're just going to go crazy on it. Mm -hmm. So again, the reason we go crazy on these foods though, is because we restrict them so heavily. So we start practicing in a very intentional and planned way Mm -hmm. of having ice cream on a daily basis. Like That is your evening treat that you get to have. You get to have a scoop of ice cream and you show yourself, holy shit. Like even if maybe if you're trying to lose some weight right now, Mm -hmm. you show yourself, holy shit, I can lose weight and eat ice cream Mm -hmm. every day. I can, I can maintain (laughs) my weight and eat ice cream every day. Yeah. What the (laughs) (laughs) well that's what that's what i i envision because i've heard you talk about it Mm -hmm. we talk about the fact that you have told us that like you have a treat every single day you plan it into your day Mm -hmm. i just can't wrap my mind around having that every day no matter what that Mm -hmm. treat is like even if i have a cookie every single day that's not causing the weight that I'm gaining. No, it's the not moving. It's the it, other foods that you're eating. It's not the item. Well, and I think it's more attached to the fact that I do what you said in the beginning. I restrict all day and I just drink my water or I just drink mm-hmm. my tea. And yes. then lunch hits and I'm starving. So right. then I overeat for lunch. Yes. And then dinner happens. And because I ate so late lunch... I am forcing myself to eat dinner because I know I need to eat and then I'm overeating and I'm feeling and then I'm feeling worse because I'm like, well, I did this and I did this. Like I'm, I'm, I'm those thoughts. I know that I'm not a failure, No, but in my brain, I am a failure. Like if that makes sense. No, it does. It does. Like, because I know I'm not. Cause as you guys are talking about, it's like, I, like the last week has been hell week mm-hmm. and I've been wanting a Hershey bar with almonds and I've been mm-hmm. having it and letting myself have it and not care. But even thinking about it, like as you're talking about like going through the day, I'm like, it, it fucking fit in no matter what, because I'm not eating enough for it to fucking be a problem. Mm-hmm. And I've been stressing <laughs> about the fact I've been allowing it and thinking it's a problem because I'm so used to that mindset when it's like, girl, like the one chocolate bar <laughs> It's not tipping anything. Mm-mm. It really hasn't. Like I've been having my egg bites. I've been having my protein. I just been wanting a sweet treat at night when like Eric's asleep and fi- well, finally asleep where he can handle, you know, all the pain. Well, you can breathe. And I can breathe. Like literally, mm-hmm. like I've noticed it's where like the doctors are not coming in anymore. 
he's asleep. I'm by myself listening, watching a show and I can be like, oh, I can breathe. And yeah. then I then I have the sweet treat and then I feel good. And then I'm like, yeah. OK, we're good for the rest of the night. Get my ice water. But do you feel and guilty when you're eating it? So I'm not while eating it. It's like after. it's after. Okay. And it's not like right after either. It's like an hour later when I go to bed and I'll be like, I shouldn't have had it that late. Why did I do that? Mm-hmm. Like it's oh, when, there's another food rule. Yeah. They have to eat food at certain, like you yeah. can't eat past a certain point at night. Yep. Why? Why? Do you think your body just like magically like does something with calories during certain <laughs> times of the day? Like, yeah, no, we doesn't. did. We totally did. I still do. Yeah. I still do. I beat myself up nightly because I get up and eat two protein balls. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. What if you started letting yourself have actually it's healthy to have a high protein something before you go to bed, especially if you're active, especially if you've been working out more that helps your recovery overnight. So, and it'll help it. So I want you to start thinking of it as a domino effect. Okay. Okay. Because this is leading us into a really good point. So many times I hear clients, I hear people in the community telling me like, why do I keep binging? Why do I keep grazing at night? Why am I eating at night? Why can't I control myself at night? Well, then I start looking at their food and there's a couple things I find that are happening. Either they are not eating through the day, mm-hmm. yeah, especially like breakfast or they're skipping breakfast or something like that. Um, or they're not eating satisfying enough meals. Mm-hmm. Their meals are fucking boring and lame and they don't have any carbs in them yeah. anywhere. Mm-hmm any carbs. So then at night, their body is like, um, hello, like I need more, like I need more. So it will get more, it will get more from the grazing, the binging, whatever. Mm -hmm. So what we do is we, A, make sure that we're having meals all throughout the day, probably about every two or three hours need to be eating every two or three hours. And we make sure each meal, even snacks. Okay. I don't, I tell my clients snacks. That's not like when I say snacks, you're probably thinking like a handful of almonds. Mm -hmm. No, it's a mini meal. It's a little meal. It needs to be balanced. It needs to be plated. It needs to have protein and carb with it to keep you full, to keep you satisfied. So every meal needs to be something you enjoy. You have to enjoy your food. You have to, if you're not enjoying your food, your food is not satisfying. If your food is not satisfying, you're going to find satisfaction elsewhere, which is why you binge. It's why you graze. It's why you mindlessly eat. It's a domino effect. If you are not eating earlier on in the day or enough yesterday, like this might also happen. Maybe you were super active yesterday. You didn't eat enough. And now you're just like so hungry all day long. Like, Mm -hmm. why am I so hungry? What Mm -hmm. is going on? It's a domino effect. So a lot of my clients, they have a structured little meal. Oh, hold on. Something happened. And we're paused. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) Did I, I just go off? Yeah. Yeah. Shoot. What just happened? Kelly, your face is hilarious. Am I back? Am I back? Uh, There There you are. are. Yay. Okay. Okay. I'm so sorry. Uh, Someone started my car and my Bluetooth like 
put oh, my thing on my car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, where'd she go? <laughs> Where did I leave off? Where was I? <laughs> so the domino effect. Yes. Of if you okay. don't eat enough the night or if like you're too active and you don't eat enough the day before, then the next day you can be hungry all day. And you don't know why. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of my clients, like I will have them eat a small meal at night. Like okay. I'll make sure that they are eating a small meal at night or, um, you know, like I said, we pay a lot of attention to meal timing throughout the day, just making sure that they're eating like every two to three hours. Cause this is another like mind fuck is what if a lot of people associate nighttime eating with stress eating? I stress eat. I have yeah. a stressful day. I go home and I stress eat. Mm-hmm. What if you're not stress eating? What if you're calling it that you're getting in your head, you're, uh, 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 like mindset around it, running at that. What? Hold on, Michaela. <laughs> you're going in and out. <laughs> it sounds like a robot. <laughs> She's smiling. What happened? There no, what happened? It totally like it was like going in and out and like being all robot voiced. Okay. Now, am I good now? I think so. Check your internet. Are are you connected to the internet? Are you on your um, cellular? No, it says I'm on Wi-Fi. Okay. Okay. Cool. I think we're good. Okay. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's good. Okay. Shoot. Okay. Where did I leave off? (laughs) Okay. Stress eating. We're going to just redo the domino effect. Because I think we're missing parts of domino effect, right? Oh, no, man. No. So we were doing like the, the, you, you were talking about the stress eating at night and you were saying, what if you're not stress eating? You're just what eating. if you're hungry? hungry. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm just going to like read you all that. Okay. So, <laughs> okay. So. A lot of my clients, they come to me and they're like, Michaela, I stress eat at night. Like I'll have a stressful day and I just go home and I graze and I binge. Like that's when it happens. Like how do I stop stress eating? And what we typically find out is that it's not stress. It's not emotional eating. It's hunger. You're eating at night because you're hungry because you're not eating enough through the day or simply because we need another little meal planned there a lot of the times but again diet culture would have you think that it must be stress Mm -hmm. you must be emotionally eating go drink some water Mm -hmm. go chew some gum so again we're not even listening to our hunger and fullness cues Mm -hmm. and that's part of why we got this surgery is to relearn what hunger and fullness is again. But then we're still listening to diet culture and continuing to ignore our hunger and fullness cues. Now I want to say that with a caveat though, like we have to understand when we are on a weight loss journey, when you are actively trying to lose weight, 
there is going to be a small amount of hunger you're going to feel. Yeah. Hunger is normal. That's a normal thing to feel when you're trying to lose weight. Mm-hmm. You're eating less calories. You are starving your body, basically. Right. Mm-hmm. So it burns the reserves. Like, so you have to understand that, but you shouldn't be like starving. You right. shouldn't be like, I'm just ravenous. I'm just, I can't control my stress eating. Again, odds are you're probably not even emotionally eating or stress eating. You're just hungry. We need to look at your, how you're structuring your meals throughout the day, what your meals are comprised of. Are they satisfying enough? Are they keeping you full long enough? Um, And things like that. And Mel, in your case, 100% do not have guilt or shame over having that candy bar. Grace and compassion is another huge thing we have to work on when healing our relationship with food. Because the more we guilt or shame ourselves, the more that can turn into a spiral, a binge, something like that. So having grace and compassion, but also make sure that you are staying fueled throughout the day right now. You do have a lot going on. And it can be if you're not eating throughout the day, if you're not making sure that you are fueling your body throughout the day, then that will make the night times even harder for you um, with cravings with because emo- emotional eating is still a thing. Yes, we do. still we can still eat out of emotional states mm-hmm. and try to numb what we're feeling with food. A lot of us come from that. Um, but. Again, the more satisfied and full we're staying throughout the day, the less likely that is to happen. Well, and I noticed too, like I feel more comforted knowing that it's in the room, let alone to actually eat it. Like one night I didn't even eat it. And the other night I only had half of it. So it was like, I needed to know that it was there. So that way, if I like felt anxious or something that I could have it, but then I didn't even need it. It was like mm. such a weird feeling. Cause I was like, I don't really want it, but I want to know that it's in the room. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. that was like an, like an interesting feeling. Cause like, I haven't felt like that in a long time. So I'm just like, Hmm. But I understand like, I am going through like a fuck ton right now. <laughs> like yeah. stuff I never mm-hmm. thought I'd have to go through. So I'm just like, this is crazy feelings that I'm trying mm-hmm. to like, like, understand it and then give myself grace and then not be so hard on myself. But then it's just like a world one when you're yeah. going through like trauma stuff, you're just mm-hmm. like, I just don't know how to act. I just know that I need to get my protein. Everyone's like, take care of yourself, take care of yourself, take care of yourself. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I understand it, but like, it's almost like I don't know how to anymore. It's like all yeah. of a sudden, like all the information I've ever learned in these last, especially these last two years, <laughs> I've just gone out the window. Like yep. I don't know shit. And it's yep. like, no, you know, all the things you're just like, there's just too much happening. So you're like compartmentalizing. Mm-hmm. So you're just trying to cope with what's in front of you. Yeah. And we also, that's something else we have to understand on this journey. Seasons. Yeah. There are going to be seasons where you can handle all the things Mm-hmm. You can, you're on top of your meal prep. You're on top of your gym. You're on top of your water. You're on top of your vitamins. You got it all girl. start gold stars all the way down the habit worksheet, you know, yeah. but then there's going to be other seasons where literally if all you're doing in this moment is maybe all you can do right now is make sure you're getting your water in or yeah. something, you know, that's a huge win for you. Yeah. So recognizing that there is going to be 
I use the waves analogy a lot with people. We're just here riding the waves and sometimes we're up and we're on top of it and everything's great. And then sometimes we're down and we just have to learn how to ride that downtime until the next up. And so I would just encourage you to find, um, I call them grounding routines. I have routines in my life where these are the things that even when everything else feels like it's going to shit, like they make me feel grounded in myself, in my journey, in, and so something like my skincare routine, that is something that I do no matter what is going on in my life. I wash my face. I do my full routine. It makes me feel better. Yeah. It makes me feel like I've given back to myself a little bit, even if it's just a little five minute washing routine. Um, taking my vitamins. That has become such a automated habit for me that I don't even really think about it anymore. And so again, even when everything else in my life is like going crazy and I, I feel like I can't stay on top of my workout routine. I can't stay on top of my nutrition. Like I at least know I'm getting my vitamins in. And so it's just those like little things that are like little wins that make me feel so grounded in my journey, grounded in myself, like, and that I'm giving something back to myself in those moments of high stress or grief or um, whatever that is. Mm. Well, that one really helps because as I'm, because basically I'm saying the hospital, we have like, there's rotation happening right now. We're like, I'm there for two nights and I come home for a night and back and forth. And the one thing that's been constant though, I wash my face every morning, brush my teeth, do the whole spray and I do the lotion. And I notice that like, if I can at least do that and get my hot water going, I feel like a a little bit of normalcy. Mm. Like it kind of helps me feel like, okay, Mm -hmm. even though there is fucking craziness happening around me, Mm -hmm. I can at least got, I got this done and it makes me feel a little grounded where I'm like, okay, we can handle today. We got my face washed and my Mm. mouth smells. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) These teeth are clean. Who do I have to talk to? (laughs) We're we're golden. Cause like it is, it is an interesting dynamic. Cause like with being seven years out, like I've gone, through a lot of ups and downs and I've gone through the seasons and I know I'm very well acquainted with them we talk Mm -hmm. all the time these fucking seasons but like it's frustrating when like when it's like when Kelly went through the divorce Mm -hmm. that was thrown out of left field with Eric and his surgeries and having these complications definitely thrown out of left field Mm -hmm. so you're just like wait how do I get at least a little bit of normalcy in Mm -hmm. yeah and if anybody's listening to this, um, just take what Michaela said very seriously of like, just find that little routine because it has mm-hmm. helped me through any of the problems I've ever had is like having the one thing mm-hmm. that you do yes. every day. So I would say like, whether it's face wash, mm-hmm. <laughs> whether it's putting on makeup. Today was the first day I put on makeup in a week and it felt awesome. I felt yeah. like it made me feel a little bit of normalcy was mm-hmm. happening. You know, coming down here and talking to you feels great. So mm-hmm. just like find the thing. It helps you. Well, I'm starting to realize now that we're talking about the grounding and you're saying like you mentioned the divorce because that's where all of this came from. Like it all. Yes, it came from the disordered eating and it came from, you know, the fact that I restricted for like a year and a half. I basically 
I was so scared to eat yep. that yeah. when something traumatic happened, what was the first thing I did? I ran to food mm-hmm. and because it had always been comforting. But then I trashed myself in the midst of it because right. I was like, why am I going towards eating? I thought I was healed. I thought I had done all this work. Like, why am I wanting these foods? Um, and it just continued and continued and continued because the more I beat up myself, the more I wanted to eat it. And it didn't care what it was. It didn't it didn't mm-hmm. matter if it was cheese or ice cream or cookies or popcorn. Like it didn't matter if it was there. I wanted to eat it because I was consistently beating myself up yep. for coping with something that I had coped with my entire life. Yeah. Like you yeah. don't just get over that in a second. No, you don't. And I'm don't. starting to realize as you're talking about grounding, I never had grounding. No, I never had a because my whole life flipped upside down. And then every couple of days it flipped around again and it it flipped around again. And And I never found a consistent grounding thing for me to do. But I also think you never had one prior to your trauma either. I did, but it all revolved around Satan. Mm. So your routine revolved on someone else and not yourself. Exactly. So because it all deal. mattered like what I did with him for him. Like that was yeah. my life. Yeah. And now it's about you. But then as I continue to think about it. So then the divorce happened. And what happened? I moved into my new place while I was half living or half staying at my new boyfriend's house. Mm-hmm. So I had neither routine set up for either house. Nope. Then I lost my dogs. So then I definitely didn't. I had more trauma that added (laughs) onto it. And I still had no grounding exercise. And now I'm mainly living at my boyfriend's house. But I kind of have this very expensive storage unit. (laughs) And I try to make it home so I can spend time with my mom and try to do this. And I still have no grounding exercises through any of this. Do I have any grounding routine at all. Yeah. We're going to yeah. need to find you one because <laughs> for sure. Cause even when we were in San Diego, like when we were watching a show, I was like, Hey, hand me my wipes. And what did I do? I cleaned my face. I went mm-hmm. into the bathroom. I washed my yeah. face. Even though it was 1130 at night and we had to be up at four in the morning to get ready to go mm-hmm. to the airport. I was like, this is the one thing this that I do. This is your routine that this you do. The one thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. I, another like bariatric grounding routine, like outside of vitamins is my protein coffee. Like that's another thing that I've just like over time has become so like normal and natural for me to do mm-hmm. that again, even when like everything is going to shit or if something traumatic does come up, like I still just kind of out of automation. Mm-hmm. So that's something else to keep in mind, Kelly, with grounding routines is like, it is still a habit you have to build over yeah. time. Mm-hmm. But it's it's picking out some of these like more simple ones, like these like and the ones that really make you feel your best is the yeah. other thing to focus on with the grounding. I feel like we could do like a whole podcast on like grounding routines. Right. Well, we might um, have to. I think we're gonna have to like <laughs> slice and dice this up because the grounding thing didn't even realize that was a thing that you needed in your life. Yeah. I feel like made up the term recently honestly like I'm wanting to like can you like trademark a term because they talk about like grounding Mm -hmm. techniques they talk about or like grounding objects so that like when you are in I'm learning a lot about this in my like somatic healing uh certification but like when you're in a triggering situation you have something that kind of brings you back to yourself it brings Mm -hmm. you back home it makes you feel more connected it makes you feel 
grounded. Right. Like, and I realized kind of in this is, you know, I've struggled a lot this year. Um, and I've had some traumatic things happen in the last 12 months. And it's just really like taken a lot for me to overcome it. But even within all that, even within this struggle and losing some of my other routines, like my gym and stuff like that, Mm-hmm. I have realized like, okay, but I still have these other routines that I've maintained through all of this like trauma and struggle and they make me feel good. And even on my hardest days, on the worst days, these routines make me feel like I'm still making progress yeah. and they make me feel like I'm still here, like mm-hmm. I'm still okay. Mm-hmm. And so that's what a grounding routine is. And I, I want to bring it back to the disordered eating too. Like with that, one of my other grounding routines is meal planning. Mm-hmm. Um, that has become such a weekly routine for me that has become so like automated that I almost like once Thursday rolls around and just like, okay, I got to start thinking about the meal plan for the next week. Like kind of no matter what is going on, it's like, okay, what are we, cause we still have to eat. We still have to go to the grocery store. So it's like, mm-hmm. what, what are we going to do? What's the plan? Now it might mean that the meal plan that week is going to be really simple. It's going to be, and I have, I've leaned on a lot more like simple meals this year than on more like of my elaborate cooking that I used to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but like meal plan, that's been another, you know, again, not only does it help with my relationship with food and it helps me, um, have intention around what I'm eating, but it also in times of stress, like helps me have more direction, make sure that I know what I'm going to eat when, um, And then also I was going to mention another tool that I use, which is food journaling. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that this could be another really great tool to use, especially like Mel, you know, with what you're going through right now and, you know, struggling with some of those emotions. And because you said, you know, you're like, why, why do I feel like I need this candy bar around now? And it's like food journaling kind of working through that in the moment can be really beneficial to kind of help you understand like what is going on up here and in here that's tied to around our food choices. Mm -hmm. Um, Food journaling also is a really great tool, not only to help around our mindset around food, but it helps us to be more aware and it brings in more mindfulness in the moment. So like that pause, Mm -hmm. that's something that a lot of us don't have yet. It's, it's a habit that we have to work on having that pause of thinking instead of just grabbing, Mm -hmm. we think through like, why, why do I want to have this? Am I hungry? What could be going on? Like, am I, am I actually craving this or am I craving something else? Like a lot of people don't have that pause already built in. Mm. Food journaling helps you work on that pause. pause. It like yeah. forces you to have that pause. And then with food journaling, I also use it as a tool to gain insight on like, okay, 
How often are my clients eating? What times of the day are my clients eating? Um, The food choices they're making. Are they making food choices that they're actually enjoying and are satisfying? Like, are they actually sticking to the meal plan that they wrote up for themselves? Or are they going off plan all the time? And to me, that says they must not actually enjoy their food. A lot of times with my clients, they will send me their meal plans and it looks really healthy. Right. Healthy. (laughs) Looks great. But is this food that you actually want to eat? Because if it's not food you actually want to eat, if you're just going out there and looking for, you know, this healthy sheet pan meal or whatever, Mm -hmm. but you don't actually want to eat that dry chicken and roasted veggies every day, Mm -hmm. like then you're not, you're going to still go, you're going to go off plan and you're not going to stick to what you said you're going to eat. And so it's just a really great tool to help bring some of that awareness into that. Um, but also, like I said, like process some of the emotions we have around food. So is it kind of like the food journal aspect? So you're writing down everything you're eating Mm -hmm. and then is it, So where you would like, so say I'm reaching for some chips in the pantry and then before I eat them or reach for them, I'm like, wait a minute, go right in the, like, what am I feeling when I'm reaching for that? Is that kind of, yeah, that'd be good. Ideally, ideally you are writing like as you are going to eat something. So Mm -hmm. before you actually eat Mm -hmm. as like you're about to you're writing and then potentially you're even writing after you eat it. So you're also reflecting on how that food made you feel. Was it satisfying? Did you actually enjoy it? Did you feel guilty after eating it? Why? Like food journaling. I have tried to get several clients to do food journaling and I only have about like maybe 10% that have actually like followed through and done it because it's heavy. It is. It's heavy and it's hard. But even if you can at least get in the habit of logging your food, and I don't mean tracking in like my fitness pal, I mean simply writing it down, like writing mm-hmm. down what you're eating, not even the full reflection with it, but just writing it down, that helps incorporate more mindfulness around your food choices. So you're not weighing it. You're not doing any of that. You're just simply saying, this is what I'm eating. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. Well, I can get behind that. Yeah. The idea around food journaling, it's not about tracking. It's not Mm -hmm. about calories. It's not about macros. It's about really diving into our mindset around food. And, um, you know, with that, so I wanted, you brought you mentioned chips and I love that. I love chips. I eat chips all the time. Let's say you are craving chips. Mm-hmm. Like, but what happens is a, again, a lot of us think, well, I'm not allowed to have chips. If I have chips in the house, I'll eat the whole bag. Mm-hmm. Well, there's two reasons why that happens. A again, because you're still in a restrictive mindset around those chips mm-hmm. and B it's because chips themselves are not very filling. They're right. not very satisfying. Mm-hmm. Stop eating foods like that by themselves. Pair it with something. Have the chips, but have it with your sandwich at lunch, which that brings up another great topic. Sandwiches. What a healthy, amazing food choice you could have for lunch. But how many of us in here would have thought that sandwiches are something to feel guilty for? Right. Yeah. I remember feeling like, oh my God, sandwiches are so bad for you. 
But then when you actually put it and like write it down and everything, it's fine. <laughs> it's yeah. not that bad. It's mm. really not. Yeah, I mean, your meat, great. cheese, sometimes vegetables and bread. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you're eating a really healthy, like high fiber bread and you've got it loaded with meat, you can do fancy sauces, you can do fun vegetables, you can change it up every week. Like Mm -hmm. literally sandwiches and wraps, like those are some of the best, they have, they get a bad rap. Like those are some of the best balanced food choices, Mm -hmm. but people have so much food fear around it because Mm -hmm. there's carbs involved. And then you go telling people, oh, you could also add some chips with that. And they're like, what? (laughs) No, you can't. Yeah, Yeah, you can't. And you'll find yourself, if you allow yourself to do that, A, You'll be satisfying that craving for the crunchy, salty things that you always want. And B, you're not going to be binging on that bag of chips later in the night. Almost guarantee it. I'm not going to 100% guarantee it, but I almost guarantee it. And going off your own tips, like they can have the the chips, just plan it. Plan it. Plan it. Exactly. Plan it. Like, yeah, have it portioned out. Pair it with something. Like it's not. Always. Whatever it is you're craving, popcorn, pretzels, chips, maybe it is like the candy bar, okay? Let's talk about that too, like with treats. Make sure, A, it's something that you're actually craving, because if it's not something you're actually craving, then you're not doing yourself any favors. You're just going to keep grabbing for other things, okay? Um, Make sure it's something you're actually craving and eat it with something. Like if it's a candy bar, again, that basically just dissolves in your mouth. So eat your dinner and then kind of shortly after that, eat your candy bar or eat your, you know, have a few bites of that sweet treat. You're going to feel satisfied. You're going to feel fuller from it because you're eating it, mm-hmm. you know, either with your meal or very close to your last meal um, or pair it with something later. If you're going to have it later on again, like try to not eat it on its own, especially if it's something that's not very filling, mm-hmm. like have it with something else. Okay. So that you're not just like, okay, I'll have another candy bar. I'll have another candy bar. Like, especially if maybe you're actually hungry around that time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't go eating just a candy bar when you're actually really hungry or you are asking to binge mm-hmm. on multiple candy bars. So, um, you know, and same with the chips and the popcorn and things like that. Like I'm totally fine with my clients having popcorn, but I want that paired. I want that as like part of like a little meal, basically it needs to be with something. Okay. And you could probably, um, tell me if you relate to this or not. I remember around year two and three, that's when I had to mentally put in the work to learn how to pause. So yes. I want people to understand it takes a while to get to where you learn the pause. It's not right away. And it's definitely later in the years of this journey. Like it's around yeah. two and three was for me. What was your it, time frame? It took like healing my relationship with food and learning to be more mindful with food. I mean, that probably was, yeah, I would actually say that's probably pretty much on point year yeah. two or three. Like year one, like I said, I was still working through food fears with intention. I was intentionally planning and incorporating treats, um, meals out. You know, I was having 
even in year one, I was having bread on my, like I would have an open face sandwich or something like that. Or I would have, you know, potatoes with a meal or something like I was intentionally working on my food fears, but I feel like developing true, like food freedom Mm -hmm. and like really getting in touch more with my, my cravings. And like you said, that pause, understanding that better. I really feel like that didn't come until around like probably year three, like this has taken a lot of work, a lot of practice. And within that there were binges, right? That's something else I want to say. There will be binges. Yes. There will be binges. Okay. On the road to recovery, you are going to have moments of binging. But I also want us to be careful. I'm really big on language and the words we use. And if you simply eat more than what you maybe typically eat, I think a lot of people will label that as a binge. They'll be like, Mm -hmm. I binged. That wasn't a binge. You just ate more than normal. But if you tell yourself a binge that it was a binge, it could easily lead to a binge later on because you're telling yourself, I've already screwed up. I binged. I like, mm-hmm. you know, I may as well just continue going the rest of the day. Yeah. I may as well just continue binging because I already blew it. Mm-hmm. So be really careful again. And this also goes back to grace and compassion, working on that mindset around these foods. Okay. There is no good or bad food. All food serves a purpose. Some food, is fueling to our body and it's what we need to feel our best. Some food we need because we enjoy it and because it fills our soul, because Mm -hmm. it's nostalgic, because it's like, you know, whatever, like, but there is no good or bad food working on that mindset around that. And when you start to feel that guilt or shame, when you're eating certain foods, like trying to catch that, trying to work through that in the moment, which is another great reason food journaling can be awesome. Yeah. Working through that in the moment when it's there, um, because that is what will lead to the spiral. That is what will lead to the binge. Yeah. And it's not the food. It's our mindset around the food that Mm -hmm. leads to. Well, yeah, yeah, 100%. And when I mean two, like where I say two to three, it's basically because I count year one as a really long year one, like it's zero to the to the one and the one to the two, because it's all year one to me. It's like, that's just a whole wash. It's really the the problem starts not problem, but the hard work starts like two going into three and three going into four. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, because that's when like, the habits are profound and that's what needs to be done versus like, Oh yeah, I can feel the restriction and whatnot. Like it needs to be like in that, in those time frames to start journaling and start looking at what you're eating. Cause that's what I would do. I would literally just, I like you're saying, Kel, like I wouldn't actually put um, calories to it or protein or whatever. It'd just be like, this is what I ate. And then I'm like, yeah. Oh, that's not actually bad. Why am I so mean to myself? It's like, that's mm-hmm. it's, it's on, it's black and white. Oh, it's not that bad. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like it's all, that's the it's other all up here. Thing. Writing it out can help you see it. Like, I think a lot of us, this is something I struggle with a lot of my clients. A lot of my clients are afraid to start writing it out because they're afraid of judgment. They're afraid right. of like, and it's not me that's judging them. It's them mm-hmm. that's judging themselves. Right. I'm not there judging them. They're the ones judging. Um, but 
if I could get them to do it, what they actually start to realize is, oh, I don't actually eat as bad, 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 mm-hmm. bad as I think I do. Like mm-hmm. I was actually really good this week. Like why, why did I have it in my head that I totally like screwed up my week? And again, and this goes just to journaling in general, like your mind will lie to you. You have to get the stuff that's in your mind out of your mind in order to be able to see the truth. Like right. mm-hmm. you can't just listen to what your mind says because it's it's lying. So we have to get it out on paper or talk it out mm-hmm. so that we can start to see like, oh, okay. Like it's not that bad. Yeah. Cause I mean, even with all of the, the grounding exercises or routines, like I, that I am almost at a year divorced and yep. I'm just now realizing it because we're sitting here, have a, having a conversation about it. Right. Yeah. I could have, I would have easily gone years without realizing that mm-hmm. if yeah. we hadn't been talking about it. Right. Yeah. Or, you know, writing it in a journal or yeah. I just always feel stupid writing in a journal. I read that's why I haven't done it yet. I just feel like an idiot. <laughs> I feel like dear diary today was great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it can be that, but it also can be a lot more. I know my biggest fear with journaling was like, cause I, I was raised with an older brother mm-hmm. was him finding my journal or diary and going through it. Mm. So that fear is still there of like, Oh, someone's going to go through my shit and then judge me for all the things that I've written. Yeah. And and now it's out on paper. Now they can use it against me. But so it, isn't it shame on them for reading your personal thoughts? Oh, 100%. Yeah, that's a vision of privacy. Yeah. <laughs> but like it's but it's very scary because then it's real. When it's on mm-hmm. paper, it's yeah. real. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that means you can see it. Someone else can see it. So it's mm-hmm. like it's like you have to face yourself. And facing yourself is very hard and mm-hmm. scary. And I've yeah. had to do it, too. And it's, it's nerve wracking. It is. It really is. Because yeah. I'm just like fuck man why why am I so hard on myself or you know like it's just rough but you gotta do it because it's really helpful later on so something I will say is we spend all this time which Kelly I love you but I'm kind of talking to you okay (laughs) I'm ready so much time distracting ourselves with surface level stuff Mm -hmm. thinking it's about the diet if I just need to try a different meal plan. I just need to try a different diet. I just need a different program. Mm-hmm. Um, thinking it's about the workouts. I just need a different gym. I just need a different trainer. I just need a different workout plan. Mm-hmm. If I just had a different meal plan, a different workout plan, if I just get my water in, mm-hmm. like I'll, I'll be good. I'll be successful. Mm-hmm. It's actually not about any of them. Mm-mm. It's about up here and in here. And journaling helps you process that, especially if you don't have a therapist already or a coach that you are working with. <laughs> I see your judgment from over here. Stop it. There's no judgment. No, it's not judgment. I'm... She's been telling me to get a therapist since I got divorced. Yes, I have. Before yeah. I got divorced. Yep. Yeah. So you, you're not doing the internal work. You're Mm-mm. putting it off and that's okay. Like maybe you haven't been ready to address that yet because it's heavy shit. It yeah. sucks. Mm-hmm. Hard, okay. Healing is hard mm-hmm. and we don't want to do it. But that's the reason. Like if you are feeling stuck, if you are feeling like you're you just keep spinning your wheels, you keep trying different programs, you keep trying this or that, and you're just not really getting anywhere, you keep self-sabotaging, you keep like you just keep getting stuck. 
It's because you're not working on those inner blocks that are Mm. holding you back. Mm. And with you just kind of knowing the little bit I know about you and your divorce and what you went through, like you probably have a lot of inner blocks, a lot of inner limiting beliefs that you're listening to right now Mm -hmm. that's holding you back and stuck in this place. And journaling is a great tool that you can start using just for yourself, even without a therapist Mm -hmm. to start processing that and getting it out. Um, Yeah, that's all I'm going to say on that. And I will add one extra thing because you said that um, doing the work and journaling is hard. So is suffering. So it's like, pick your heart. Okay. Like nothing's fucking easy. And I'm sick and tired of everybody wanting it to be easy. Not easy, people. (laughs) Nothing you do will ever be easy. When it is easy, it's probably not good or fun. Like, to be honest, (laughs) it's not, you know, and life is just like, yeah, if you want everything to be easy, then you're just going to be like living in this little tiny thing where only you know how to do all the things. It's like, no, like life is hard and that's fine. Like, just enjoy it and then like move make the hard work for you. Like yeah. it's okay for life. to It's okay to feel your feelings and it's okay for it to be hard for your, for us because we didn't come with a manual. Like, no, we didn't. You know, like we, we don't didn't. know what we don't know either. And it's okay to not know things. And I know we're all scared of the, of the unknown, mm-hmm. but it's like, Hey, guess what? Like it's okay to not know things and it's okay to ask questions and it's okay to journal. Like I've, I've, I've had to do journaling a little bit. Like I haven't done like, the awesomeness that I wish I got to, Mm -hmm. but it would be once in a while. I would just jot some shit down just because like, I just needed to get it out. And I noticed that like, you know how like you'll play like the argument that you think you're about to have, Mm -hmm. (laughs) even though when you start having the argument, it doesn't really Mm -hmm. go the way you thought it was going to (laughs) go. And people surprise you. That's something you get in people's bit of the doubt because Mm -hmm. I would write shit down of like things I'm mad about Eric, right. Of like a, a situation that's going on. And I'd write it out. And then I would feel better. And then I'm like, okay, I'm going to talk to him. Like I wrote it out. I have it all in my head. And then I would say the things and then he would be like exactly opposite of what I thought. And it was very nice and genuine. And I'm like, shit. (laughs) What do I do with that? What do I do with that? And Eric's caught me several times and been like, you didn't expect me to say that, did you? And I was like, no. And he's like, you prepared a whole thing, didn't you? I go, yes, I did. (laughs) I did. But it felt good to write it out. And now, like, when I do those things, like, I just get it out. And just because sometimes I don't even need to talk to him. Mm -hmm. It was just the fact I needed to get it out of my head. And then actually I'll reread it and be like, oh, you're overthinking a lot of this. Like, Mm -hmm. these are not the ways. Just because I think this way and how I think that he's going to react does not mean how it's going to happen. And that's why I think me and Eric have grown a lot, like, through these years is because I'm realizing like, oh, I'm just in my head a lot. Mm-hmm. Like I just overthink all these situations and I'm making it a lot harder than it needs to be. Yeah. yeah. And that's why I stress people like stop making it so hard for yourself. Just yeah. like how you told uh, like I use this from you all the time of like, just get up and go. Don't let yourself think about it. Just grab mm-hmm. the fucking clothes, put them on and go. Don't mm-hmm. even let your brain on to think like, Oh, but you can stay like you can need more sleep. Like, don't even let your body do that. Like, mm-hmm. just grab it and go. And it totally works because mm-hmm. when we overthink things and we stop doing what we're supposed to do. Well, we you overthink done. and then you make excuses yep. for the yeah. o- with the overthinking. And then it's a roller coaster of crap. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So just don't let yourself overthink the things and writing it out will really help you. Yeah. 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 I will tell you, Michaela. 
you are absolutely 100% correct in the fact that I don't want to think about all of the things that have happened Mm -hmm. because even in my brain, I will flash back to like a moment that I had with Satan or a moment that I had with the dogs or I'll see a fucking dog on the road. And then my head starts spinning Mm -hmm. about my dogs that I can't see. Mm -hmm. And instead of like feeling sad or feeling that heartache, I'm like, okay, let's, what else can we think about? Like, we're not going to think about that. That's (laughs) off to the side. We're not going to deal with that because I think a a lot of it, I'm not emotionally ready to unpack. That emotion doesn't go anywhere though. Mm. Now it's just stored in your body. Mm -hmm. So you just keep kind of weighing yourself down more and more and more Mm. as that continues to happen and you're not getting it out. So not only are you not verbally getting it out, but you're also not even really letting yourself feel. Mm -hmm. And that's another reason why we typically emotionally eat is because we are pressing these emotions We don't want to deal with them. We don't want to handle Mm -hmm. them. Sometimes we don't even understand them. Mm -hmm. And instead of working through them to try to understand them and to allow ourselves time to feel it, we just go cover it up with food. Mm -hmm. I'll just go eat and not feel. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, and I have a question for you, Michaela, that I think will help a lot of us because like, I'm glad that we're on the subject because this happened... I think a few weeks ago, you got really frustrated with working out, right? Wasn't it a couple weeks ago? Yeah, it was a couple weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And Kelly wanted to cry at the gym, <laughs> but she she's didn't want to be embarrassed about crying. And I told her, we got to stop being embarrassed about crying. Crying's a normal emo- emotion. Mm-hmm. She's like, why well, do you want to do it in public? And I was like, it, 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 who cares if you're in public? Like, let the emotions out. And I think we need to talk more about how crying is a normal response. Like mm-hmm. it is okay mm-hmm. to cry yeah, because you yes. have to like feel those intense feelings and just like let it out. And but- again, crying is releasing. So whatever you were going through that day, whatever you were feeling that needed to come out. The fact that you felt that urge to cry, like something needed released in that moment. And you instead pushed it down because you're too afraid of what mm-hmm. people will think. If someone has an issue with you crying, it's because they also feel uncomfortable with their own emotions yeah. and crying. Yeah. So I am, I myself am on a journey now of trying to allow myself to feel my feelings whenever I'm feeling them. Sometimes it's crying. Sometimes it's allowing myself to literally throw a temper tantrum and throw things and scream. Um, Sometimes it is me violently shaking my body, um, which probably looks really creepy when (laughs) I do it, but I do it closed doors. Like, um, you know, I'm... I've screamed into a pillow. I let myself come down into the studio and yes. scream into a pillow. Oh, you yes. didn't tell me that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Done a couple times now because I'm like, oh, we're soundproofed and pretty good. So <laughs> <laughs> we, we definitely are soundproofed. That's so. a good point. I was like, why are you coming into the studio? Soundproofing. <laughs> Got it. Soundproof. Because I did it once and, and Dylan and Eric heard me and they scared. They were scared shitless. They're like, are you okay? And I was like, I'm fine. I just need to get it out. And they're like, um, you can't do that because I thought like literally someone was stabbing you. <laughs> so like, you're like, okay, soundproof room, we're good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Sometimes, like I said, sometimes we don't know what we're feeling. That's I think that's really common. Is mm. like we know we're frustrated or we're sad or like we know we need to get something out, but we don't know what it is. Mm. And again, like journaling can be a great tool to help you figure out 
what that is. Like you just kind of start writing mm-hmm. about whatever happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then as you write, you start to notice what emotion is starting to come up as you are writing it. And if it's anger, then you let yourself be freaking mad. You mm-hmm. get that out of your body. If it's sadness, you let yourself cry. Sometimes if I know I need to cry and I can't get myself to cry, I will go put on like cocoa or up or something like that to Mm. literally force myself to cry. You Mm. know, we have to get those emotions out of our body because if they stay trapped in our body, then that can show up. It'll manifest in different ways or it'll come out later. Like that's when we blow up on other people that don't even deserve to be blown up on. Um, or like I said, it's when we emotionally eat or something like that. Um, or it can end up making you literally physically sick. It can show up as sickness, as pain, as tightness, as anxiety. Like, Mm -hmm. um, so we have to get those emotions out. And so I would just I know that it's totally going to suck. It's not going to be a fun journey, but the longer you go without getting that out, the harder it's going to be. Well, I think in my marriage, it was preordained for as long as I was together with him that we did not fight in public. We did not show a moment mm. like it was very mm. like not in public so as you're talking i'm like flashing back to mm-hmm. things because i'm like why am i so afraid because my i grew up in a family where we were very much allowed to show emotion and you're friends with me i and cry not all, all the, the time, time but i cry <laughs> all when the I, time when i feel it it coming out yeah just saying and so i grew up in a family where it was totally okay to have a therapist to cry it out to be angry like my mom was very hippie-esque yeah. in in feelings and which was great but now i'm realizing that when i got together with satan we would pretend as long as possible that we would have a big blow up fight we would both just like fight 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 it would be really really bad And then nothing ever got solved. Right. It got brushed under the rug. We made we made up. It was never actually a genuine making up. It was like we're done fighting now. Yeah. Brush it under the rug. Move on to the next. And then the next blow up would happen. And then the same thing. It would get like blown out of proportion. So I'm used to taking these feelings and being like I'm in public Mm -hmm. or I'm not allowed to feel these right now. So I'm going to stuff it down because it's easier to deal with if it's not at the top. Right. If that makes now, sense. I'm no, going to ask something that might be uncomfortable and it's totally not related to like the podcast theme. <laughs> That's okay. So how does that now work in your new relationship? I tell him exactly if he's pissed me off, I mean, there's a couple of times where I've been like, I hate you right now. <laughs> like you are pissing me off so bad. And oh. it's or like Zach made a comment one time because I was cooking them dinner and I might have made it a little salty. And I mean, it was a lot salty. And <laughs> I was so nervous making him dinner. I didn't even like 
Like I was nervous making him dinner because I didn't want him to hate it. Yeah. And so we all like were like, yeah, it's salty. I'm like, sorry, blah, blah, blah. We moved on. And then the next day, I think he said something about my like he was making fun of the food being salty. And I immediately just got angry because that's what Satan used to do. He would hold on to things and then use it against me later right. to make mm-hmm. me look bad. Yep. And I got intensely angry. And then we we were actually I was standing in the pantry and I he could tell I was angry. And so he walked into the pantry and slid the door shut. And I was like, I don't want to be around you right now because you're pissing me off. Like, yeah. And he was like, but you need to explain to me why. Like, why are you so angry? And so I explained to him what happened. Like, I was made fun of for A, B, and C if I didn't cook something right or if I didn't, if I used a crock pot. I mean, all the manner of things. And so Mm -hmm. I'm like, I took my time out to cook you guys dinner. And yeah, it was salty, but I made dinner and I don't deserve to be disrespected or made fun of right. for that. If right. I make fun of the fact that it's salty, it's different than it's if you say it. It's very different. And so he's never made fun of my cooking ever again. Like <laughs> He's done very well. Um, but I mean, I don't really, Zach doesn't really do things that pisses me off. Well, yeah, but you but also, he's very respectful. You also told me from here on out though, that you're going to be telling whatever you feel like when it comes to like your partner oh yeah and because i and i do how your setup yeah. was before mm-hmm. you're like no i can't do that again mm-hmm. yeah. um so that and i notice a huge difference of this like your happiness mm-hmm. with zach versus with um your ex because like it is night and day yeah because and, you are able to vocalize oh well, hey you he doesn't me. like internalize like if i'm saying like hey you know this kind of irritated me or whatever he doesn't internalize that and then use that toward like to attack me later. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. it's like, oh, okay. Well, let's not do that again. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's as simple yeah. as that. And we talk about it, and it's not this big giant three-hour fight where we're screaming and crying, and I'm, you know, it's not this like drama. It's just very yeah. simple. And I even told him the other day, I was like, it kind of pisses me off that you'll make me angry. And I'm like, nope, he's made me angry. And then he'll make me laugh. And I'm like, oh yeah, they do like, that all the time. It's so funny. I can't do it. Yeah. I can't stay mad at you. But it's not even like, I'm realizing that I'm like grasping at something to make it bad. Right. Yeah. Like it's not actually like a pissing me off thing. It's just mm-hmm. me trying to like pick something bad out. Because I'm used to that. Right. And I'm like trying to pinpoint it. Okay. Well, that made me mad. Okay. That made me bad. Well, the next time we have a fight, I have these things that I can say. Mm. Yeah. There's a lot of mental trauma. Yeah. That I'm starting to realize (laughs) happened. Oh, damn. That's okay, though. (laughs) Guess what? You're not alone, dude. You're not alone. Oh, I know. And it's so funny. in it. I literally just told her the other day where I was like, you may want to talk to a therapist. Like, just because of everything Mel's been through. Oh, I'm down. I already told him yesterday I needed one. (laughs) And now I'm like, oh, Kelly, you just need to go do it yourself Mm -hmm. it's like i'm talking to myself yeah and that's the deal is that like i totally am i asked yesterday because like i saw it i knew it 
I was like, yeah, you're going to need one there, buddy. Mm -hmm. Even if it's for a couple weeks, it doesn't, Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be like this long. I think that's also the thing that people are scared about therapy is like, oh, I'm going to go and I'm going to be in it forever. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, Yeah. some of us probably should, but you don't have to. Mm -mm. You can just go intermittently to help you process. Mm -hmm. And also keep in mind, Kelly, it might take a few therapists to find the one Mm -hmm. that you like. So don't just go to one and be like, well, that isn't going to work out. I'm not going to do that again. Like Mm -hmm. you have to be open to trying out a few to find one that you really mesh with, that Mm -hmm. you drive with. Um, But yeah, I definitely I'm with Mel and I think it's probably time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because it's like I like you said in the beginning, like I am legit blaming blaming these food items for everything in my life like that I'm not like I'm happy in my life but I'm not happy where I'm at in my life like personally mentally physically I'm not happy there and so I'm blaming it on the foods and I'm making it their fault on why I gained weight and why I'm at where I'm at and it has nothing to do with the food it has all to do with the 15 year relationship that I had Mm. And the other things that transpired after he left, because a lot of those things were very hurtful. But I was like, nope, I'm angry. I'm not going to unpack those now. Like, Mm -hmm. we're just going to keep moving on. And then I found a really happy spot with Zach. Like, I'm very, very happy. But I still feel like there's so there's so much that I'm stuffing down because I don't want to unpack that a on him or b on in this life that I've created. Cause I was just like, Oh, I'll move on. That's what I do. Yeah. But you're not you're probably unpacking it though, without even realizing it. Like therapy yeah. is going to help you. So you're not doing that. Mm. Therapy is going to help you so that you are actually healing instead of bottling. And then maybe unintentionally or not even realizing like taking things out on other people mm. or again, like, using other coping mechanisms that you shouldn't be using. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I just want to say like the problem with blaming the food instead of actually working on the real problem, the Mm -hmm. real issue is that that's not actually going to like solve anything. You're just going to continue to go in circles. And if it's not with this food, then it will be with another food. And Mm -hmm. if it's not with another food, then it'll be with another food. Like you're just going to continue to find foods to blame mm-hmm. you're just stuck in the cycle mm-hmm. yeah. yeah 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 jesus Man. this was a a doozy of an episode <laughs> i love it it's so good well, this, i mean you almost made me cry like i was on the verge I, it, I was on the verge so and it takes a lot to make me cry yeah so well disordered eating is you did just, a good job it, it runs a gambit like it's mm-hmm. all over the place. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why we want to talk about it with Michaela so much was like you pinpointed it in your stories and we're like, been there. We need mm-hmm. to talk <laughs> like we need to talk yeah. this out because it's not something that you can just like flip over in a night. Like it's going to no. it, it is real. No, work. I think yeah. it's going to be yeah. a long road and you do have and time on your side. Just take the time. Just do mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's a good point. Like. So many of us think that we have to like rush this process or that we have to get to a certain point by a certain time. And it's like, okay, if you can adopt the mindset that we're in this for life, yeah, this is a lifelong journey, 
you've got all the time in the world. You yeah. don't have to rush it. Like it's a learning process. It's a learning journey. Healing, whether you're healing from trauma, you're healing your relationship with your body, you're healing your relationship with food, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a lifelong commitment to healing. You are never, there is no end destination. There is right. no end goal with that. You're constantly working at it. And even me, six years out, Mel, seven years out, like we are still working on it. I still have days where I struggle with my mindset around food. I still have days where I'll find, I'll catch myself in some of that, that mm-hmm. mindset that, um, you know, so, so I still have room to grow. I still have room to work on things and it's going to continue to be that way forever. Also, because we literally have decades of diet culture to continue to unpack and unlearn Right. Yep. that I'm still, you know, I'll still have moments where I'll have some thought about something and I'll be like, oh shoot, that's diet culture showing up right there. Mm-hmm. Like, you yeah. know, or yeah, well, I was just going to say, like, you know how, like, when you break up with someone, they say, like, OK, if you were with them for a year, it might take two years or whatever mm-hmm. to get over them. It's half it's, the time. Uh, or is it half the yeah, time? So if you're with somebody for a year, it takes you six, six months, months to get over them. So things, yeah. we've been like, yeah. st- it's like we had a breakup with food and diet culture mm-hmm. through this process. Like we're breaking up with it and now it's going to take half the amount of time to get over it. Yeah. Like we have to get our mindset changed because it, it is yeah. hard because I hear myself yeah. do it all the time, like mm-hmm. the good and the bad shouldn't be talking like that the the at nighttime thing mm-hmm. that's not a yeah. thing like yeah. just like learning that like yeah here i'm in my seventh year guys and we talk to sur- like surgeons dietitians coaches all the time we're still fucking learning like there's yeah. so much yeah. to learn yeah and that's why i always preface like all the time like it's okay to not know things keep learning just mm-hmm. keep because yeah this is a lifelong mm-hmm. journey it's not just that year i think people get so focused yeah. on that first year that they forget this is a whole life thing that you're i know doing. i did i got so hyper focused on that first year and that i was like okay i hit my i hit my goal weight okay i hit my lowest weight ever okay i'm good i'm healed right honeymoon. i'm good yeah yep. honeymoon Honeymoon. Yeah. yeah. I was like, nope, I'm good. I've yeah. got this. And then your life happens around mm-hmm. you and things happen that are not exactly enjoyable. Right. And you are not healed because I did not do. I I mean, I feel like I did a good chunk of work in the beginning. Yeah. But I did. didn't continue it during the trauma. The trauma. Yeah, you didn't. You I also did a good chunk of work in the beginning. Mm-hmm. I had like basically for my whole first year, I had a therapist, I had a coach. I was doing really great. I had all the help, all the things lost all the weight, thought everything was good. I'm happy. I was distracted. Yeah. I was distracted mm-hmm. by the excitement. Mm-hmm. I was distracted by the new clothes, by the new, uh, attention I was getting mm-hmm. like, once all that started to normalize, as I got further into maintenance, I started to realize, oh, shoot, I still need help. Yeah, I need help. And that's I was going to kind of end on that. Yeah. The surgery. All it does is make your stomach smaller. OK, it does not teach you how to eat better. It doesn't help you have a better relationship with food. It doesn't fix your mindset. It doesn't help you build new habits. If you are struggling on this journey, you do not have to go it alone. Get help. Yeah. I'm a coach. There's a plenty of other coaches in the community. There are 
therapists, there are dietitians. Get the help you need to be successful on this journey and stop trying to do it all on your own Mm -hmm. and thinking that you know everything because you don't. And you're not going to realize that until you start working with someone Mm -hmm. and you're like, oh, shoot. Okay. Yeah. I really needed help. Like, get, get yourself the help you need. You don't have to go this alone. This takes time, patience, and support to get through it. Yeah, I love it. That was a great way to end this, That was man. a perfect way. Thank, Thank you, you so much. <laughs> Thank you, guys. I think Thank this, this was, was exactly great. what we both needed at this point That's in time. That's why I did not want to cancel her. Because yep. I knew Yay! I needed it. We knew that so we were going to have like these little nuggets of, well, it, it was like an explosion of knowledge yes. uh, this time. But you always like... Make sure that we understand and know what we need to do to be successful in our journey, even and it's never too late. It's never, it's never never too too late. So I am going to try food journaling. Yeah. And I'm going to look up a therapist tomorrow. Oh shit. Good job, Ellie. Because it's time. It really is time. And I needed the tough tough love from somebody other than Mel because I can ignore her. I can't ignore it when somebody else says it. I will send you. So in my last workshop, I did the Mindset Reset, Mm -hmm. um, which we're just wrapping up right now. I put together like a food journaling template. I'm going to send that to you so that you just kind of have like an idea of like what that should look like, how it should flow. Um, Thank you. Thank you. I yeah, appreciate sure. that because that'll well, help a lot. I just, will. just to start, that's going to be my grounding routine. That's yes. going to be there what grounds go. me every day is I'm going to make go. sure that I do write down everything I eat as I eat it. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So well, thank you, nice. Michaela. You thank you so much. Are always thank amazing. You yes. And you were we were we have more that we need to talk about, apparently. So yes. we will we will definitely have more episodes coming up. Yeah. Okay. Hopefully Yay, not. That's awesome. Yeah. Like a year and a half. Grounding routines. Are that's like, what I want to do. Grounding routines, so, man. And like self-soothing techniques. Yes. That's really what I'm starting to get more into now. So. I love oh, good. it. I love <laughs> it. Let's do I it. I need self-soothing techniques. Yes. So, yes. yes. Yeah. Bring them over. Yes. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much, uh, everybody, for listening. And don't forget to go over to patreon.com forward slash OSLP and also YouTube. Mm -hmm. And most of all, we just love you guys. And we will see you next time. Bye. Hey, listeners, if you've enjoyed your time with us, please rate, review, and subscribe on any platform that you get your podcasts. Also, check us out on patreon.com forward slash OSLP for exclusive content with your favorite girls ever. Yeah. And also check out our YouTube page. Subscribe, hit that little bell so you get notified when our new videos drop a week after they are released. Yeah, and we would like to give a big thank you to Anne-Marie Cruz for our logos, Eric Vaughn with 17th Street Studios because he provides our music and our recording yes, space. Thanks for listening to Our Sleep Live podcast where we are breaking that stigma one episode at a time. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. 
See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.